0: We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together and you are one of us.
1: This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, Welcome to the podcast today we get to jump in and dig into our October breakfast with Dino Rizzo as always I have Matt Schrader here and let's jump into it this is a uh, this was a this was a short and simple message from Dino Rizzo he he kind of preferenced it but uh, as I've kind of listened to it a little bit I keep I keep kind of digging a little bit more and more out of it so hopefully we can cover it all my goal is to go maybe a little, little bit longer than than what he spoke. But uh, overall, I thought it was a really strong message with another ringing, ringing endorsement of brotherhood as always. So good times there. Matt, what's up? How's it going?
0: Things are good. You know, if every message we had was a ringing endorsement of brotherhood, I think that's the message God is trying to get across to men. We've tried to do it on our own. It was never intended that way. That was never the plan. We took it upon ourselves to try that and it didn't work. So here we are, God, continually (laughs) speaking the exact same thing. It's almost like when I tell my kids over and over and over to do something, and I'm like, if you had just done it the first time, we wouldn't be here.
1: I think you're implying that we're hard-headed, and I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I think that uh, sometimes we need to hear it over and over again. And I think you've you've talked about it before, right? Like, as you start to finally kind of notice, you're like, okay, God, like this is this is something that you're trying to tell me that now I need to, now I need to kind of change what I'm doing here. And I wish I could say it's as simple as like you hear it one time, you're good to go. And it's like, all of a sudden we make that correction. But I think over time, what you realize is that circumstances change, uh, you know, relationships change, environments change, all all that stuff is different. So I don't know that it always feels like the same information over and over again. We're like, I I think I could be in a situation. It's like, okay, but God, this situation's different. Like I, it's, it's harder for me to trust you in this. It's harder for me to bring other people into this because of X, Y, and Z. And I think that what we need to kind of have that reset button push, which we're, we're getting that button pushed monthly now, right through the breakfast Mm -hmm. and maybe bi-monthly with tuning into the podcast and, and having the ability to kind of rehash some of the things that we, we spoke about. But yeah, I mean, the other thing is the name of the breakfast is brotherhood breakfast. So I think. I think going into it, the speaker a little bit is going to be like, all right, I'm going, to, I'm going to be in a room full of guys and I'm going to be talking about brotherhood and, and kind of as it relates. So that might be part of it too. But overall, I think that the themes, some of the, maybe the, like the key talking points are, are definitely continuing to rise to the surface, no matter, no matter who the speaker is.
0: Oh, definitely. The amount of times God has to tell you something is a lot. And that's just the truth. So yeah, Dino kicks it off strong with a brotherhood message, uh, short and sweet, but to the point. Of course, Dino's always fun. He's always got a lot of stories. And he can, you know, he kind of goes in and out. He's giving you a point, then let me tell you a story. He's giving you a point, then <laughs> let me tell you a story. And that's a lot of fun, especially early in the morning, as you have mentioned, you're never really awake very much. So if someone comes at you hard hitting, that's a little bit difficult to take. So Dino's always refreshing to have in the mornings, eating some breakfast, enjoying a good message about how I've got to bring other people into my life and I can't just be selfish as much as
1: I'd rather. Well, he started off talking about, uh, accurate, clear and simple and how he's, he's a simple man with simple needs. And I, I, that kind of resonated with me a little bit. It's like, yeah, don't let's, let's just get to the point. Let's just, uh, let's get here. Tell me what I need to know and, uh, I'll be on my way. But I think, I think that if you just do that, right, then, I don't know that you're going to get the fullness of it unless you, unless you go back to it. And I, I think I'm guilty of this. I, I don't know about you. Uh, you know, you, you're clearly the example of what to do, right? Which is what we established in the last podcast. So this, this is probably something that comes naturally. Yes. It's yeah. good that
0: you've acknowledged that early, that this is really just, yes. can we just be like Matt? That's really, we're really asking the question. Can I think Evan
1: that's a more accurate, uh, like that's uh more question accurate question, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's it's accurate, clear, simple, and I think that that works when you go back to it and you start to unpack it. Uh, because when it's clear, it's like, all right, here's the direction you need to go. Like, we're going north. Um, but then I think that once you realize, all right, I'm going north, but there's a lot more that I need to take in consideration with going north and 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 navigating that journey and and how do i continue on that path of nor- of of going north and you know some of the things that we need to to go through with that so i think you know this this time here is is gives us an opportunity to unpack that a little bit
0: well here's the thing about simple too like accurate pretty straightforward clear pretty straightforward. but simple we tend to understand as the word easy and simple does not mean easy yeah and what he has to say what we're going to talk about today is simple like it's Cognitively, in your brain, yeah, that makes sense. I should do that, but actually executing
1: it—that's not not very easy. Not simple at all. (laughs) So, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, Eutychus, I—I still think that we've talked about Eutychus before in this podcast in some capacity. I don't—I don't remember exactly where, but for some reason, in my gut, I
0: mean, every once in a while, you talk about the Bible, so you probably did mention. I'm not
1: saying that I did. I think somebody else did uh and this is definitely like if someone were to like come up to me and be like hey i want you to name the top or i just want you to name bible characters eutychus would not be on that list right like like if it's off the top of my head um i would i would totally skip over eutychus zacchaeus i would remember him because he was a wee little man you can't eutychus i probably should know man was he eutychus because he falls asleep and falls out of a window so how come he didn't get a song i feel like Eudicus should have a song. <laughs> he should have. <Like, laughs> that's a little bit more relatable. There's less short people than tired people. I think that that's probably a little bit more mass appeal. Is there someone we can talk to about that? Yeah. Is that you, like a. You could be like. You need to talk to Hillsong?
0: Eudicus was a sleepy man. <laughs> a sleepy man it, was he?
1: It, he fell I mean, out Humpty of Dumpty, right? Humpty Dumpty maybe was yeah. the inspiration he's, he's for Eudicus. He literally the
0: Bible Humpty Dumpty. And he did that's, fall yeah. apart. And Paul, through the power of God, Put him back together crap.
1: again. I think he's a real life Humpty I dumpty. think That we have missed this this entire. It's 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 like the veil has been lifted, and now I can see that Humpty Dumpty and Uticus, same dude, same dude. Because there's no description wow, of Uticus, right? So he could have been a round egg shaped dude. <laughs> he totally could
0: have. Been. He could have been eating a few more churros than he should have been. <laughs>
1: I feel like and that's you, not a Israeli I mean, I, I thing. Can I? Can we say that thing? anymore? I don't, I don't Probably. Think not. they're churros. Maybe it's unleavened bread with sugar. Unleavened, that's too much yeah. unleavened bread. <laughs> okay, you've got to get.
0: You're going to go get the okay. Bread well, you then. know. All right. We now got, we got to we got to we got to okay, stay we got to stay in the right lane here.
1: So, so anyway, so uh, so my first question is is this he so Eutychus, he brings up the, na- the name Eutychus as being favored one, like he talks about that. But where did that apply to the story? Was there, I mean, did I miss something? Because I felt like he brought that up for a reason, but like kind of reflecting on that, I don't think that, because I feel like there's power in a name, right? I think that there's, there's a meaning to it, yeah, and I feel like he probably. brought it up for a reason. I just, I didn't get that one. I'm hoping that Matt has the answer for this, so.
0: So I can't say that I wrote that down in my notes, but I can draw a connection. I can see the bridge. All right, let's go. I'm ready. Eutychus being the favored one. The end game of this, spoiler alert if you haven't listened to this, is Eutychus is going to fall out of a window because he doesn't have somebody beside him. We're going to have to see Eutychus as ourselves here falling, crashing in our life because nobody was there to tell us, hey, get off the window or catch us if we were to. Fall off the window. So, Eutychus being the favored one, I think it's pointing at the success okay. he had. I mean, this guy had enough savvy and enough moxie to sit on the edge of a window while Paul is speaking. Like, I don't know about you, but that strikes me as that, like, cocky teenager who's just kind of like sits on the table in a formal type of situation. Kind of sit, kind of dangling his legs a little bit on the edge. I mean, let's be real for a danger. second. It's Jesus,
1: so it's probably a packed room. So there probably wasn't many places to sit. Well,
0: it wasn't Jesus? Or Paul. It was That's Paul, right. But it's nonetheless, Paul. but, but yeah, it's still a packed yeah. room. But still, sitting on a window ledge, we don't say that's not like a thing in the Bible. It's not like an Old Testament, or even like a historical thing where they're like, yeah, back in the day, those Greeks and Jews living in Rome, they're all uh, window you know, sitters sitting on yeah. window ledges. Like that wasn't like a thing. So this is a unique deal. Uh, It's put in in the Bible for a reason. So the fact that they pointed out, here's the deal, they could have said he just fell, but they pointed out that he was sitting on a ledge. So I'm thinking that if there is power in a name, as you've mentioned, the favored one points at this guy had it going on. Like his name was probably in other people's mouths. In fact, it kind of probably had to be, because they knew pretty darn quickly maybe when he like died, elevated status. Like the ground. Like, oh.
1: like, he, like he was sitting in a place yeah. that everyone could see him. Maybe he was trying to kind of pull a little bit. Oh, now you're going deep, Trying to pull then. a little bit of the attention wow. away from Paul. is like, hey, Paul, like, you know, like when you're at a theater, you got those people up on the sides, like in the balconies and stuff. Yeah. Like those are the important – maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe that's why Eutychus was, was in that spot because it was like – that was the prime seating location. Everybody else was standing. Eutychus is like chilling in the window. So –
0: yeah, he's over there. Everybody can see him. Everybody knows there's okay. Utica. Well, re-
1: regardless, Ute. it was a comfortable spot because he fa- falls asleep, deep sleep, right? Think falls about and dies. I don't know a window ledge that's comfortable.
0: Even the big one. Dude, this is see, right up like your alley. Old... Have you,
1: is there many windows that you've had in your your uh, entrepreneurial journey that have been inviting for you to take you, a nap in?
0: Honestly, yeah. This is yeah. up my alley. I, I'm a pro here. Yeah. I can right. give some pro advice. So... Uh, there are some windows that you could fall asleep in. They have these windows that they have kind of a landing. A lot of a lot of times it's used for decoration. Nook. at this point, but it's it's a solid hard landing. It's almost always uh, architecturally sound, constructionally sound. Like we have to ask, we have to say, hey, can we stand on this to make sure we don't fall through? And I've yet to have anybody say no, you can't stand on it. So it it can hold some weight. Sometimes there's big potted plants up there and it's like if you imagine i mean it's probably like maybe late 90s early 2000s type of builds you're walking in the doorway and they have that window above you well that window goes outside you walk in you look up and you can get to that window there's a landing yeah. You gotta climb up there get there to clean it so i mean up there you could definitely sleep you know it wouldn't be open air because our windows are glass you know i always picture like no, I picture open air too. I always yeah. picture no glass in these yeah. windows. Do you ever picture glass in these windows? No,
1: I'm not giving back them the enough day? credit. There could be, but I'm I'm going to go with probably not.
0: So like then it would open, and that would be like now we're in those like the King and Queen movies where they have the you know the princesses know, always it's probably fresh those air big windows. Like, yeah, it's
1: probably again probably a prime yeah, spot. They didn't have an air conditioning back spot.
0: then. Yeah, so that's that's probably what happened. So he's up there. He's got a landing. So this is a fairly I, where does it say he is? Does it say the location? Like, is it a specific one of those places where they have debates and no. teachings and stuff? I, Acts the 27 same, through like, 12. So real quick.
1: I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you yeah, look that I'm, up.
0: I, I don't know. the First day of the week, they're gathered together to break bread. Hey, I'll throw something at you. He might be at a house, come to think of this. And what tells me that is, remember in Acts, it says the four things that church started with. Listen to the apostles' mm-hmm. teaching. He's listening to an apostle. They're breaking yeah. bread, they're having fellowship, and they're praying. Right? right? Remember those yeah. four things. So, my guess is that this is what's going on here. They're at somebody's it's a house. Small group.
1: It could be a small group. <laughs> yes, yeah, could be. No, but I group. think it does say that yeah. he was like Jesus was like like Paul was getting ready to leave. Like he he was kind of implying that this was the last time he was going to see him. So, it was, it was probably like a more like a home church type of thing.
0: Well, and they said that there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered. So, whoa, this spins it. Wait a second. I've always pictured this as Paul's at the bottom of the bottom floor, and Eutychus is at the top floor sitting on yeah. a window. He falls in flat. But I'm gathering something a little bit different here. It says that they were in the upper room. They were already upstairs. Okay. So he may have fell backwards. Oh, yeah. No, he, he straight, I mean, he died. <laughs> like, Right, but instead of falling forwards, he may have fell backwards outside the house. Oh, that's what I was thinking the the whole time.
1: Yeah, because he was like, where's Eutychus? Like, Eutychus is gone. Like, if Eutychus splatted on the floor in front of them, probably it would be a little bit more of a commotion. But I think he said, like, everyone was like, where is Eutychus? Like, they couldn't find him. So I think he fell out of the building. Okay, so he falls out the building backwards. They run downstairs—
0: I mean, Paul has to stop his preaching at that moment. here. So here is Eutychus taking some liberty here with the scripture. But Eutychus thinking he's special already in the window. Falls asleep, not paying attention enough. Then he disrupts Paul's whole deal again. But what I like about Paul here, this is like my kind of guy here. And sometimes Paul's a little more sensitive than maybe I tend to lean towards. But I like this because he goes down there raises the guy from the dead, gets right back to preaching, like says, hey, I'm not done here. You guys don't get to go just because Utica steals the show with his whole I'm going to die now thing. Paul goes down there and says, no, no, we're not doing that. Raises him from the dead, gets right back. He's like, open the Bible or open your scroll to the fourth part and we're going to get back to the scripture here.
1: I don't know. So there's a part of me, and I know this is wrong, but I feel like we need to go down this path that, you know how like when you got like a like a younger sibling and like you're playing with them and they get yeah. hurt. And then you like rush down there and yeah. you're like, no, 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 you're okay. You're okay. Like, I feel like Paul was like, no, no, he's not dead. <laughs> not on my watch. He died after <laughs> no, he died that. after it's that. that so I don't, it, right? I don't he's know. Like, like on, I Jesus. feel like he didn't get raised from the dead. He. I think that he was just not completely dead. <laughs> And Eutychus is just, like, moaning on the ground. Nothing to fear here. This guy's not dead. Come on, come on, come on. So that kills my point later, so just push that out of your mind. But that was my initial thought is, like, Eutychus is like, don't tell mom. He's fine. You're fine. (laughs) We're going to be okay. So, oh, oh my gosh. But, uh, yeah, so, so all this leads up to his big point. One of the big points is the danger of edges and ledges uh and being alone on the edge of a ledge. I think so part of me is so I got I got I think multiple thoughts on this. But like the first thought is you know how people are always asking like, all right, where's the line? Like like with 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 sin or with you know certain like controversial things like where's the line? Uh and and what I've always been uh what I've always heard and, and kind of resonated with me is like if you have to ask where the line is you're probably you're probably really close to it. So let, let, well, your heart's not, yeah, you're not. Yeah. Office. So it's, it's like, why, yeah. Why, why, are you, why are you kind of considering that? So I feel like, I feel like in this instance, like there is a little bit of a, a word picture here talking about Eutychus kind of being on that edge and, and us as a brotherhood, like we don't want to get there, but I think there are edges in life. Like sometimes you're naturally pulled to that, that edge, whether it be through, um, uh, you know you're trying to cope with something or it's a marital thing and you know you're having to deal with you know two people so i mean that person could be pulling you towards that ledge i mean it, it could be financial it could be occupational it could be all these different ledges that just kind of come up in life and so the first part of me is like well stay away from the ledges but the other part of me is like there is literally ledges everywhere and and we need to kind of be mindful of that and so that's where the that's where the brotherhood part comes in which is like we don't want to. we like we know there's going to be ledges and we know i think the other kind of key point that that dina was talking about is that we're tired right like we're we have so much stuff going on and we're surrounded by ledges so if if that doesn't kind of paint for you like a necessity for brotherhood i don't know i don't know what does because you know i can any phase in life that i have responsibility I'm tired. Like I, 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 I come home and I'm like, man, when do I have time to rest? When do I have time to relax? It's like, I fall asleep. I wake up and then I'm back. I'm I'm back in the thick of it. It's like, I I almost want to try to prolong that rest moment that I have, but my body's telling me you just need to sleep. And I'm like, well, I want to be, (laughs) I want to be mentally conscious and just rest. But I think the other side of it is like, I need that sleep. But I think that when we're surrounded by these ledges and we're, we're in this situation where there's a lot of distractions and there's a lot of things that are causing us to be tired, that's when we need that brotherhood. That's when we need to have the, the situations where we're pulling other people in who know the life that we're going through. We're walking through that together and that notice when we've potentially fallen off the ledge or hopefully are there to be that shoulder for us. So I think. There's one side of brotherhood, which is like the ideal situation, which is that brother that's there that has the shoulder that you can lean on. So if you do need that rest, they, they can kind of walk through there with you in some cases carry you, but the other side of brotherhood is like, if you fall and we notice, Hey, Matt's not here, Matt's gone, what's happening? Why, why is he not showing up? Why are we, you know, there's an, we have enough, uh, interaction with your life. To say something's wrong and we pursue. We went looking for you to kiss. We went looking for Matt to be like, all right, I'm gonna actively pursue you because I can tell something's up. And so those two pictures of brother.
0: We may have to go look for Evan. Evan may need
1: I don't like talking in the third person. So like you're a good you're kind of a good example for, for this. So <laughs> Yeah. Very yes, convenient yes. of you. Very so convenient. I'm just I'm projecting on you. But uh but yeah, so we're looking for Matt. We find him we in some cases have to resurrect him. And I think that, I think that that, so, so that kind of gets to my, my, my further point into this, which he didn't really kind of Dino didn't talk about this until like he prayed at the end. And normally it's like, I feel like the, the prayer is not always like a wrap up but it kind of wrapped and put a bow it's like a poem, Yeah, it kinda like kind of like put a bow on it. He, he made it a final point without me like recognizing it until I heard it again. But I think it's in brotherhood, you see a brother fall and you still see the life in him. And you say, there's still life in here. There's still hope for you. There's still opportunity. There's, you're, just because you fell doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean we quit. It doesn't mean that you're unredeemable or there's not an opportunity for you to have a, a resurrection or a restoration in your life, just because you fall. We still care. We're gonna we're gonna pursue you. We're gonna bring you back, and we're gonna bring the life back to you. That's brotherhood.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think this is a space where we dig into what does it look like when this guy Matt, whoever you're talking about, hasn't shown up for a while. Yeah. Seems to be you're just getting kind of a check in your spirit, or something's off. we'd say off so what's that look like for the person coming up to this guy the brother how do you notice that what are you looking for when do you invade someone's space when do you not and then likewise when you are that guy whether you're out and something is going awry that you really don't want people to dig into but you know they should or it's just a hard season, hard time, and really nothing's going on. Things are great. You're just a bit isolated. Now, like, what's that spot look like? In this case, Paul just walks down there. Hey, he's not dead. Raises him from the dead. But typically, we're not talking about physical death. We're talking about a slow soul death, a slow death of the soul. That's what happens when guys fall off and have an affair or disappear and they go, they go stupid. And you're like, man, what happened? How do you think? So let's let's rap about that a bit. Like, What's it look like to recognize somebody? So case in point, this is what I'm gonna bring up first. So last night we're at Father, Father by God. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there just chilling by myself. And you walk up, hey man, how's it going? Did you sneak in? Everything going all right? Like that was a little moment. Now, truth be told, I was there. I told you, I've been here. I got here before you did, like I usually do. But that was a moment right there. If I was in trouble, if something was going south, like that's that's the subtlety of brother because very few people come up and say, hey man, you look tired. Are you off doing that? Are you back into that addiction? Are you treating your wife right? Are you doing the right thing with your money? Are you staying on the up and up with your business? Like that's not the questions we ask. We ask these like leading questions to get into it so I started thinking through, you know, that's an opportunity for somebody to say, "Ah, uh, you know what, I'm not doing great. Or yeah, I did sneak in because I feel bad, I feel ashamed. Like, what's that look like? I mean, that's not a natural conversation. And I don't know that everybody's always looking for that. Like, it's kind of like when you say, hey man, how's your day? And they're like, oh, it's terrible. This, that, and then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I didn't really want to know about your day.
1: <laughs> You're like, Hey, I didn't actually want to know about your said. day.
0: <laughs> I mean, what do you think? What's that interaction look like?
1: So I I think there's two I think there's two things here I think I think you right so so this hypothetical Matt that I talked Mm -hmm. to last night um, I so looking at that situation if 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 you're the person that's that guy that's that's going through the stuff and somebody engages you like I did uh, and I say hey man how's it like I didn't see you did you sneak in what's up is everything cool like tell me tell me what's like that's the so I opened the door right you didn't walk through it. Right. You shut I me down. There was nothing to uh, talk about. And, well, let's hype. Oh, so we're jumping oh, back. into. Hypo. So this is Matt with one. Hypothetical Matt with oh, yeah. one T, That's not two T. All right. So, so Matt with one T, he, uh, he shuts me down and, and I'm like, okay, you know, everything's good with Matt. I think what happens after that, cause this has happened to me is there's conviction, right? It's a, uh, why, why am I telling people that everything's okay when it's yes. not like, I literally am lying to him. Yeah. And it just it kind of starts in here and it starts swirling. And you're like, dang it, dang it. Like I, I should have I should have said something. Like like I'm miserable. I'm talking to this person and he's like genuinely interested in and in kind of hear hearing he's noticed something. And I just I stamped it down. And I said, No, no, I'm not gonna talk to you about it. Like I think if you're that person and you're having that kind of regret or self-analysis after the fact that then that's a that's like a clue that's a that's a indicator that you should say all right the next time somebody has that or Mm -hmm. even even bigger move call me the next day hey man when you reached out and when you said hey like how are things going didn't see you and I kind of shut you down uh something is going on and uh and here here's what's going on and you know I, I don't know who to talk to about it Like you do that, that, that opens the door back up. And that person's like, Hey, like I, you know, if, if they're a true brother, they're going to engage. If they're not, they're going to be like, Whoa, easy. Uh, I was just saying, Hey, (laughs) or they never talk to you again. Like maybe that's not, maybe that's not a brotherhood guy. That's that's, or he's just not tuned in. He just doesn't know. But if you, if somebody opens that door and you're like, Oh man, I feel like I should walk through it. Like there's still life in that. Like you can re-engage in that. I think on the other side of it, of the, the guy that's going like, where's Matt? Like, how is he, how are you noticing? I think some, some of those things for me would be like, normally there's a person that's engaging in conversation and you kind of have those like key people that you kind of seek out in the crowd and you talk to and you see that person there, but they're not engaging. They're like, they're kind of withdrawing. They're there. They probably don't want to be there. And so you're sitting there going, okay, like something's up. That's why you know last night I talked to you because you were like completely disengaged. So I I, I felt like something was up, mm. and so uh, that that can kind of be a part of it. And I think there's some people that want that. They're like like I'm I'm intentionally pulling back because I want people to pursue me because that's going to tell me that they care. And if they do yeah. care, then I'm then I'm actually going to have that conversation with them. So I, I think that that that's good in that sense. But I, I would just look for clues, right? Like, hey. You know matt's here but he's not really talking to anybody or sure. you know Matt's matt's really short with his conversation like mm-hmm. you're i'm getting so the cues that he doesn't he doesn't want to talk a little bit more i think in that regard like that's when we start to notice like where's uticus like or like he's on the edge of a ledge something's up and i need to just keep engaging in these conversations check in to see things how things are going because if i do that as a brother and i'm engaging and I'm starting to notice that, that, that for me, like if I'm tuned in and I'm intentional with my relationships, it's like, all right, I'm just going to start praying for Matt. I don't know what's going on. He's not, he's not opening up about it, but regardless, I can, I can tell if something's up and maybe a little bit later on, you know, you've had that conviction or hypothetical Matt's had that conviction and he's like, you know what, I, I, I do want to talk to you about this. And so I think that's how it goes. I think that's real life. I don't, I don't think that we're going to live. Li- I don't think I'm going to see you just laying on the ground outside a window and, and be like, all right, Matt has fallen. He's, he's, you know, gotten back into his drug addiction. And this is, this is super bad, right? Like, I don't think we're going to, I'm not going to see that. Yeah. That's Matt with one T not two T. <laughs> so that's, I don't think we're going to, I don't think that's going to be as noticeable. And if it, if anything, that's way far down the line, but you know, hopefully leading up to that you have a brotherhood around you that's seeing like the changes in behavior, the changes in communication, the changes in like like I feel like most people have some level of discernment when there's something up, when when something's not right. And you and you start to go, Okay, something's going on here and I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna try to engage. I'm gonna give them the opportunity and then at some point I'm gonna be like, dude, you're about to fall off the ledge. I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for you and and you engage in whatever whatever's comfortable for you in terms of responding in some cases they're about to be hit by a train. You got to dive and knock them out of the way. And I don't, I don't know what that looks like in some cases, but you know, if you truly care that much about a brother, you might have to knock him off the tracks and that could be a, a lot more, uh, intentional and a lot less subtle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's good. I'll take that to a I'll give it another thing I would do in that situation. Sometimes those questions, are God reaching out to you through people who are open to interact and connect, mm-hmm. but they're not close enough to you to share? So it right. could be if you're in hypothetical Matt situation where you're like, "Man, I'm not telling this dude. I barely know this guy," and you're just staying into the Holy Spirit. See a guy you can see in his eyes sometimes, like that dude. Something's going on. Yeah. That dude's disconnected. He's not in. He's and could be nothing, but it could be something. So you say, "Hey, how you doing?" Kind of engage what you talked about. Another step is find somebody who is connected to them, or, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got a number of pastors that stay connected with different groups of people. Maybe go to that pastor and say, Hey, have you talked to so-and-so lately? He just, something seems wrong, seems off, just wanted to bring it up. Then you kind of move that conversation to somebody a little bit closer to them that you can trust can go get into their world and just talk to them. Could be nothing, could be tough day at work and just the way things go but it could be something. So I think that's a way. And then if you're also the guy sitting there and you know, something's going on, somebody asks you how you're doing, but you quickly recognize it as this guy really like, this isn't the place to talk about this. Sometimes gods are right. asking you through other people. Sometimes that's Jesus saying, Hey, how are you doing? We both know good and well. You're not doing well. Let's talk. Jesus is just using the mouth of somebody else who's willing. Maybe that guy personally is not close enough, but that's my cue. I'm using this because personally I've done this. That's my cue. I need to go talk to somebody. That guy that asked me, you know, I don't really know him. Like that's that guy just is random. But I do have some people in my life that I need to go say, hey, this is going on. And I think that's God talking to us, saying, hey, it's time to get this out. And those steps are huge. And the earlier the better. That's for sure. The earlier the better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, Matt, are you good, man? Is everything all right? You're such a jerk. You do this every time. I feel like uh, I feel like we've been dancing. Good. Around this, so everything's I just, good. I I want to take this moment to make sure that you're good I wasn't even
0: disconnected last night. You just come home <laughs> randomly just because <come laughs> I'm sitting by myself. I sit I was the only one in the row. Maybe I was waiting for my crew. I don't know. Could be anything. You were by yourself. I should ask you how you were doing.
1: I was, I was sitting next
0: to I was sitting next to Hermes. I was talking to him about golf. Yeah, maybe you should. Why Why aren't you being more spiritual? Why are you trying to get distracted no, that's by using it. golf? We're at a wow. we're fathered by God.
1: Yeah, that that's it. I I didn't even see it. I I just I wasn't in tune. I was I was trying to distract myself from, you know, the real challenges in life. It's, yeah, this last last month and a half has been really rough on me. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. So, should, uh, we'll, but I'm gonna get through it. I'm gonna yeah, get through I it. Hope. I'm, gonna, to share. I'm gonna lean on. I'm gonna lean on my brothers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, even though I'm on a ledge, I'm leaning on my brothers. They're gonna carry me through, and if I fall off, they're gonna give me CPR and bring me back to life. I lo- I love Open it. Open Your heart, brother. Open your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so I think we, I think we hit on most of my talking points. Um, I guess the biggest thing is kind of the last point that he brought up is kind of changed it a little bit, right? Like, so we're talking about brotherhood. We're talking about the importance of, uh, you know, being there for each other. But I think kind of the underlying tone of it is also that sometimes we fall, sometimes we fall asleep. Sometimes we get, I mean, Dino kind of mentioned it. Like he fell asleep, like he was kind of alluding to like his past, right? He didn't go into detail, but like he had, he fell asleep and had some, some pretty major challenges that, uh, he fell asleep on his walk with God. And I think that the underlying tone of all of that was that the God we serve is the God of a second chance and recognizing his grace, recognizing his forgiveness and recognizing that, that he always finds the goodness. I, I still, I, and I know we've talked about before, but just trying to comprehend that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. Like while we were still just the worst versions of ourselves the most selfish the most uh just the ugliest that we could be to the extent of like like you think about some of the things that goes on in our culture and our in our world today and god would still die for us today like it's it's not even it's not even a thought that crosses his mind god is still willing to give you a second chance that was for me I don't think he hit on it as like super hard, but it was kind of like it was kind of towards the end of it. And I just want to really make a point of emphasis on that. Like if you're a guy, you're listening to this or, or a girl, you know, whoever, if, if you're listening to this and and you're sitting there going, man, but all right. So in Eutychus, yeah, he fell out a window, you know, didn't have brotherhood. Like that situation, Paul's there, like he's going to rescue him, but not me, right? Like what I've done is, is way worse. You know, the... The drug addiction that I have, the anger issues that I have, how i how I've treated people in the past it comes out like w- w- yeah w- you know whatever those oh okay all right <laughs> i see i see. so this is what the other side yeah. feels like, but i I think the uh so so in those situations you're you're kind of having this this dialogue this you're, where you're trying to, I think, convince God, like, yeah, my situation's way worse. Like it, I, I can't be redeemed from this. And I think in some cases you're putting limits on God. Like God is rich in mercy and he, he loves us so much that he's willing to die for us when, when our love is not reciprocated. Like when I think of love, like I think of like two people, both like in alignment in love, but I think in some cases, love can be a, a one-sided thing for a while. And I think that's what God's demonstrating here like there was a very one sided love going on when Christ was dying for us, like taking our sins and like and basically saying, no matter what you've done i'm my sacrifice is big enough to cover that and and overlook that and so I think that to the people listening to this the to the to the guys like Evan, not me but like you know with a e y a n i don't know um to those guys, it's a it's not too late there's still life here and when there's still life here there's also still mercy here there's still grace here there's still uh an opportunity for resurrection and rebirth and i think that man that's like i don't i don't know that we fully grasp that on a daily basis i think we just go through life and be like, yeah jesus died on the cross for us uh you know that's that's just kind of part of it. And he rose again the third day. Yay. But I think that in reality, like the, that act and that demonstration of love is something we, we probably need to dwell on and, and just try to comprehend on a daily basis. Cause I think if we spent every day trying to go deeper into that and trying to understand that, I still think that we like, it would like new understanding and new comprehension would come from it. Uh, if if we spent that amount of time on it.
0: Well, I'd like to blow out a little bit the idea in this phrase of Jesus dying for us. Like he loved us before in the midst of our sin. That becomes so cliche and so overheard that we lose the meaning of it. Jesus watched us commit sin on purpose, direct rebellion, do the very thing, run towards the edge of the cliff that... He told us, hey, if you go off this cliff or you get close to this cliff, there's going to be a problem because you're going to destroy your life. He's watching us do that. He's watching us jump off the cliff with glee. Woo! And then knowing we're going to hit the bottom. It's going to destroy our life. And he makes the decision, I'm going to take the ramifications, the ultimate price, the death that they're causing. I'm going to take it myself. Before they do it, in the midst of wild, when they are determined to do the thing that's gonna destroy their life. Jesus says, I'm taking that now. And although there are physical consequences, there are definitely earthy consequences that happen with our choices. The end game of death, the punishment of eternal separation from God, he takes from the get-go. And I will say in my life, a lot of times he will even mitigate those circumstances that I've caused, by making poor decisions or I've watched other people cause by making poor decisions. He will mitigate those circumstances so that while you may feel the brunt of your choices, it's still not near as bad as it could be. Imagine the depth of love and compassion and consideration an individual has for you. If he's willing to look at you, making your poor decisions, knowing it's going to kill you, take that death, And then figure out how to navigate and put you back together. Like he's watching Eutychus sit on a ledge, knowing good and well Eutychus is falling off of there and still makes provision to raise him from the dead. That's the kind of love Jesus has for us and why it's unfathomable in our human mind because we don't have that kind of love without him.
1: No, I mean, we have that model of it, but I don't know that there's a lot of people that are going to, Walk that kind of walk of of love. I I feel like I feel like we're going well. I do love you, but uh, your your choices have consequences. So I'm gonna let you kind of I'm gonna let you walk through that and uh, let you find the bottom. And then when you're ready, <laughs> I think that's my love, which is probably not a perfect love, but it's it's kind of like uh like hey, I'm gonna talk to you. I want to help you, but I can't I can't change you. So. I'm going to kind of allow you to, like, I don't know. I feel like it's a, uh, it's a controlled fall. Like you're like, you know, if, if you're like homeless and destitute, like obviously I'm going to do something. But if, if you're kind of just getting through life and you just keep making these bad decisions, part of me is like, all right, like I'm just, I'm going to sit back and wait. I'm going to continue to be here. And and I feel like in some cases that's all you you can do. Like you got to sit back and wait, but Jesus, Jesus one upset and goes, you know, I'm just going to die for you. Like, I'm just going to go and just do the ultimate sacrifice. And because that's how much I love you. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It, that one's a little tough now as a father, right? Like for my kids, I'd die for my mm-hmm. kids. Like I, if there's a situation like where they're they're in a, a, like a thing where I got to push them out of being in front of a train and I get hit, I'm doing that. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that, but, I, I, that kind of love, I I think exists. I've just haven't been in that situation, but I think in my head and as a parent, it's like, yeah, I, like I I don't have time to think. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sacrifice my life for him because I I want more, I want more for them, and I think that's maybe a better picture of of God's love for us and, and and His willingness to do that.
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny as most people around me thought. Dino's telling those jokes about Paul rushes over there and just raises the dude from the dead. He didn't sit there and analyze him. He didn't send him to rehab. He didn't make him, not any of these things are bad necessarily, but he didn't reject him on the spot. He didn't say, hey, everybody, see Eutychus? Don't be like Eutychus. He raised that dude from the dead first. Got him back up living. Then it says they took the youth away. I'm sure they were talking to him a little bit about sitting on windows. But whereas we see in our Christian culture, man, someone hits the bottom and we're like, yeah, I told you it's going to happen. Yeah, that's what you deserve. Yeah, I'm going to have to separate myself. I can't have myself associated with you anymore. But we don't, that's not a Jesus kind of love. Jesus is a rushing in there, take care of the issue, the redemption side. And then he definitely follows up with, hey, these things need to change. These things need to adjust. But that's something to take to heart. You know, as much as I'd like to fashion myself as, the new vogue, the new edge of Christian, then that who accepts and can watch people fall. Because our church has done a great job of building an environment for recognizing hidden sin in people's lives and yet not making place for that, uh, you know, giving them an excuse. Still, we find ourselves in the same situation. When someone makes a huge mess of themselves, you're like, oh do I want to get involved with this? I don't even know if they want to change. Like there's a lot of reasons rather than just rushing over there and said, Hey man, let's pray. Let's get this taken care of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we can all grow as brothers. By no means are, are we the example of the ideal okay. brother? Uh, but I think that that's something that we keep, we keep striving for. And some of it is just taking Utica's Eutychus, Eutychus's situation, and, and take, taking a step back and like, all right, what can we learn from this? You know, where, where are the, what are the parallels to brotherhood? And then how do I apply that to my brotherhood, to the people in my circle, to the relationships that I have? And man, I, I, I feel like I'm going through it right now. I feel like I got some friends on ledges and it's just a matter of like maybe being a little bit more bold, maybe being a little bit more intentional and, uh, and continuing to pursue them even when they don't talk to you that much but I think that you know as as you kind of see that and you continue to engage that and in some cases I think I like I don't have a problem just making them feel uncomfortable just just a little bit just to to get them to to kind of go that direction I, I think that the some of that uncomfortability will hopefully on the other side of them kind of trigger them to be like all right like yeah that I'm I'm kind of, I know I'm not being the right kind of person that I need to be. I know this person has good intentions and they're pursuing me because they can tell something's up and just allow, allow that conversation to start and allow that to happen because like you said, the healing's on the other side. Uh, this The sooner that we can identify it, the sooner that we can kind of walk through that together and and be in alignment with that because I care, mm-hmm. right? Like if if I'm, if I'm willing enough to, pursue somebody and make them uncomfortable to kind of get to the root of something, not, not for like, you know, I'm not just trying to do it to jab at them, but just like, Hey, I genuinely care. Then once you open up to that person and allow them in, I I believe that they are willing to walk through that with you because they could tell something was up. They wanted to help and now you're giving them access to help. And I think that's, Maybe that—that's what it means to be a good brother on the on the receiving side. Like I think we always want to be the giving brother that's always reaching out for help, but I think I think there is some things to take away from being a brother who's going through that, and and from a, a willingness standpoint, to say surrender and say, okay, like this is something I can't solve. I do need help. I do need people. I do need my brotherhood. I need those shoulders to lean on. I need to get away from these ledges, and I need those opportunities. Uh, and I got to stop pushing them away. I got to, I got to stop resisting.
0: Yeah, it, it takes some courage to be a real brother. There's a few situations I look back at and the questions I asked were simple to ask. I was concerned that he would feel judged, but I wish I had asked him because he fell yeah. off a ledge and I didn't see it coming at all. There were no visible signs. They did a great job of hiding it and, but then, when I look back at our relationship, I think there were a few times where I saw some inconsistencies, some things that were like, "Hmm, this doesn't seem right," and I, I wrote it off as, ah, you know, it's it's probably probably no worries, probably
1: because we get busy yeah. too. Like we're just trying to survive, yeah. and so it's just like, oh well, you know, like it's. I think it's really easy to justify your way out of yeah. it, and I think that that you got sometimes you got to step back and say, oh, okay, God. What are you trying? What are you trying to communicate through me here? What do I need to do and let them guide you through? Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Did you get anything else off the edges and ledges? You said earlier, kind of your last point. Anything else come to mind when you talked about edges and ledges, or the edge of ledges?
1: No, I, I, I think that uh, I think kind of my last last kind of key takeaway was just recognizing that there's there's still life in there that that God is a God of second chances, and I think that. You know when we when we we're in a situation where we're we've fallen off the ledge we're on the ground and and we're just sitting there looking up going like how did my life get to this and how how can god redeem this and I, you just feel that hopelessness and you feel despair just knowing that that god's there for you and, and and is willing to walk through it with you and sometimes like you said it's you know you're gonna hear from god through other people through relationships I think that's why relationships important. I think for us that it, it, as men, we want to be independent as men. We want to, we want to be bootstrapped. We want to, we want to just overcome things and conquer things. And I think that they recognizing in your life that there's just some things that you do need a team for, uh, like in sports, right? Like being on a, being a part of the team is something that's no brainer. Right. But it, there's other parts where you're just sitting there going, well, I, I'm just going to do this myself. Well, no, this isn't going through life is, is not a, a single player game. It's, it's a team sport and, and we need it. We need it for our marriages. We need it for our raising children. We need it for our occupation. We need it for pretty much whatever it is. You need a team for that and you got to let them in. And that's what brotherhood is.
0: Yeah, it's good. I had another thought that I was thinking about the edge, the initial take. I that I took on this was edges like when you fall into sin, dumb decisions, poor decisions. But there's another edge I thought about. This was post, this is kind of looking back at the message. Some of the edges, I feel like God brings you to. So when I'm expanding my business, kind of get on the edge and feel like financially, you know, you're kind of, because you're pushing the envelope a little bit, trying to stretch out the capacity of what you can pull. You're spending a lot of money on things that you think will drive that. And then in turn, you're trying to get a certain amount of money in. But until you, you're in this space where like the money's not there to believe in God for it. So I've been on that edge for a while. And if you go back and look at, listen to our, po- our podcast last year, I was thinking about this earlier today. This is a pretty cool deal. I may, may have to do it myself. Like my problems that I talked about my better view, we all know that I'm the only one being vulnerable on this podcast. Evan's holding it all, all his cards. Matt over here, he's just putting it out there. So, yeah. Anyway, wow. I was struggling with okay. staffing, All right, if you remember. Noted. I had a tough time getting guys in the right guys and man it was tough real tough tired a lot because i was doing a lot of the physical labor plus going home and doing all the mental labor and now that's different my situation now is making sure these guys who i've all hired all the money comes in fast enough to pay them (laughs) like that's the that's the edge and here's what i found there were a couple times in both scenarios, an edge of God bring me to the edge of like, man, is this business going to work or am I going down? Like, is this what it feels like to go down because I'm, I can't get workers, I'm losing jobs. And now I'm at an edge where it's like, oh shoot, now we're growing and we're doing better than we've ever have. And it's like, oh no, like how do I get, how do I get all these guys to make sure they're taken care of? I can fall asleep in both situations. And it's because... I temporarily compartmentalize the risk I'm in of basically not making payroll and I compartmentalize that and kind of relax and forget to engage my faith, engage my faith, engage my faith. And then, oh shoot, the end of the week comes, I'm like, oh no, 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 I haven't gone to God, asked him what to do. So you've got to be sure that when God brings you to an edge. And he's walking you through a tight spot that you don't fall asleep there either. You've got to stay in tune, going to God on a regular basis. The areas where I'm in a ledge, I've got to go to God day by day, if not hour by hour. There are some areas where margin, we've gotten some victory. And it's like, hey, God's like, hey, just run the, do what I keep doing. Do what I told you to do. But then there's, and I don't necessarily got to go to God every time for that. But on these situations, man, it's like every day, Lord, what do I do today? I'm like David, where he goes to battle. He's like, how do we fight this one? We send the trumpets out first. You know, do I throw a rock? What's going on here? Any areas of your life, like where you see that, the case, where God brings you to a space and you could actually fall asleep there and risk falling out of the proverbial window, knowing God's going to resurrect you, but it's still, it's a different place than like when the enemy brings you to a ledge. That's, you know, like when he's telling Jesus, jump off. Like that's a sinful thing. That is an obvious, hey, don't get on that ledge. But when God brings you to a ledge, that's a little bit different because you're like, well, well, you brought me here. I I still can't fall asleep.
1: Yeah, I think some of that's – so, for example, you're in a a rough situation. It's like, all right, I'm just going to trust God, right? Yep. So my work situation, I'm just going to trust God. So then I do nothing. (laughs) So it's like (laughs) – Like, Hey, I'm going to trust God, but I'm not going to look for a job. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to network. I'm not going to talk to people. I'm just going to trust God. And, and, and I know he's going to take care of me. Well, I think that, I think that could be like some of that sleeping that you're talking about. It's like, Oh, like I just, you know, I trust God. Like what, what is, what does my confession have to do with any of this? Like, what are the words that I have to say? Like, I'm just saying words. I'm not going to say it because you know, it's not going to change anything. I think that's falling asleep. I, I think that uh, you know, in your situation, it's like you. There's still your part, right? Like the steps mm-hmm. that you're taking. And I think if you just go, "Oh, well, I'm just going to trust God and this is going to happen," and then you do nothing about it, then that that could be that version of it. But hopefully, if you're in that situation, you're you're walking with God and you're saying, "God, this is a big situation here. <laughs> like, it is a big situation. I need to I need to figure this out quick. I don't think you're gonna." I don't think you're going to fall asleep in the sense of like like just not do, like not literally just not do anything because you get so busy with everything else. I think it's going to be top of mind for a lot and I think that the falling asleep that you're talking about is more along the lines of like just saying, "All right, hey God, just work it out for me. I I just want you to have somebody call me and offer me a job or I want you to have somebody call me and say, "Hey, I'm looking to uh start cleaning windows for for your labor force. I hear you need people." I'm pretty sure in your years of doing business, that doesn't happen. Like I was in marketing for a long time and I would always tell customers of mine that are like, I don't know if I should do this or not. I'm like, well, here's the deal. No one's just going to randomly call you and say, Hey, I just started, picked up, I picked up the phone and started dialing numbers and I feel like I, I need this product. You have it (laughs) like that doesn't happen (laughs) that you have to engage. You have to do stuff. You have to like find the right kinds of people and and tell them about your service. Tell them about the the, the problem that you solve. Tell them about the situation uh, or, or why your business is better than the other ones. And and then from that, they're gonna they're gonna walk away. For example, like this is political mail season. I'm getting a ton of political mail ads right now, and they're all trying to tell me something. I wouldn't know anything about, or unless I'm like super engaged, right, with the political process, I'm not gonna necessarily know a lot about these candidates. But they're sending me stuff, and I'm, I'm reading. I'm not, like, going through and reading all of it, but I'm just like, okay, like, this is who this guy is. This is who This is what they stand for, and that's why they do that because that's going to influence you to do stuff further on down the lines, and you have to be engaged in it. You have to pursue that. And I think that when you're in these situations where you're potentially falling asleep or God's taking you to that ledge, you have to kind of do your part. And be engaged and do that stuff, and not abdicate that responsibility to God, because there you you do play a role in that. And hopefully, going back to brotherhood, you've seen that modeled through other people, whether it's a speaker, whether it's a friend that's been in a similar situation, uh, and they're just like, hey, like when I went through this, this is what I did. When I went through that, it you know th- this is this is how I prayed. This is how I networked. This is how I solved that problem. And you can use that, but you got to talk about it. You got to bring other a lot of uh, bring other people into it. You got to trust God. I mean, that's a big part of it. He might be bringing that bringing you to that ledge, so that you can step out there and take that leap of faith, because He knows that you're ready for it. And if you're sleeping, you're just gonna stand there. I think what, what Will Rogers says, like, even if you're on the right track, if you're not going anywhere, you'll, you'll still get run over by a train. I think I think that's that situation too, where you you still have to take those steps. You got to do your part. You can't sleep. You got to be engaged because and know the stakes. Know that that's a ledge. Know be aware because that that part plays a big role too. So with that, we've officially almost more than doubled the amount of time that Dino spoke. <laughs> So (laughs) that's because we're yeah, so either we're we're super long winded or there was a lot of meat to that simple message that I think that um that we were able to pull out of that. So hopefully this was helpful to to you as as an audience. Hopefully uh you were able to kind of glean some stuff and and learn even from some of the things that we spoke about. But go back, listen to Dino's message, go back and listen to some of the previous messages. Remember we have Brotherhood coming up uh this November, first November or first Friday of the month with Chris Munch. So make sure we get a big uh, crowd for that. Really looking forward to that. So brothers, remember, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the King. We'll catch you on the next podcast.